You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Careless high tackle charge. Now, it... it Brought into play the 18th man, Matikavalu. So this is where this is what they have done to mitigate these circumstances. The NRL have brought in and they've tweaked that rule that if, if a player is um, is on report and you go off, that you can use your 18th man or he sent to the sin bin. Sorry. So they use the 18th twice. We saw it twice on the weekend. Brandon Wakeham, yeah. Was it Brandon Wakeham? Yep. Yeah. Uh, as well for the uh, for the Bulldogs. So, so what, what McInnes is trying to get at is that there's no advantage for the Roosters if James Tedesco is not allowed to play. This round, round eight, well, they lose out. Whereas um, Jordan Pereira spends ten minutes off the field, comes back on the field, but invariably it looks as though Jordan Pereira will spend a lengthy three time or four on the weeks, sidelines yeah. as well. He'll so get some time. everyone loses out, unfortunately, if Tedesco mm. doesn't play this week. What it did do for the Roosters was it was enabled Joseph Manu to play fullback, and he was absolutely outstanding. But yeah, mm. I agree with you, Badge. I, I feel as though that um, it wasn't a send-off offence. I don't think it was. there was the intent. I think the only send-off should be if there is uh, deliberate intention to to have some sort of malice towards the opposing player mm. and, and the force you, you yeah, yeah. force well, upon him. So. I don't know if it's that cut and dried sets, but I certainly agree with you. That shouldn't have been a, and wasn't a send-off offence for mine. Hey, there are changes mooted for the NRL judiciary. Uh, that follows in particular last week's um, suspension, ridiculous in my eyes, four-match four ban for Latrell Mitchell. So they're looking at this stuff, Sats, uh, loading to be capped at 25%. Okay, so explain to the listeners what loading is. Loading is uh, what you, you get for prior offences mm. uh, and you get more loading, like a percentage of whatever your ban turns out to be or your points. Tally. So you say you get 200 points suspension. Which is two weeks. Yep. Yeah, every 100 points is, is worth a week. But you have loading because you've had prior offences within 12 months that are similar. You get a certain amount of loading. And if they're, if they're not similar but you have had prior offences, you get a, a lesser extra loading, a percentage of loading. Well, now they're saying loading should be capped at 25% because that one showed that it just went over the top. And the panellists who are coming up with these decisions are to be made aware of their amount of loading and carryover points before they deliver their verdict. So mm. they can look at Latrell Mitchells and go, you know what, if we give him this, he's going to miss four weeks. And that is just not But is that right and what we want. That's not what they're, they're trying to do. It can be a little bit prejudicial as well, well because they're going, to, they're going to make decisions based on be aware the, of it. the star factor and the marquee no, player. No, 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 it wouldn't be. It would be based on what the person does and say, 
what Latrell did? Is that worth four weeks? And I would have thought. I looked and I went, well, that's two weeks, absolutely maximum three. Are we are we starting to allow conversation around? Well, Latrell, we don't want him to be up for four no. weeks. He's a star no, player. I don't think it's anything to do with the player, as opposed to a player twenty seven in a in a playing no. roster that hasn't got the higher. That's got nothing to do. I think it's got nothing. I think what it's got to do with in that you can substitute Latrell's name for someone else. It's got to do with not overloading a player with a really harsh penalty for something that doesn't deserve it, whether it is the 28th man on your roster or your star player. So um, anyway, I'd I, like I to just, get your opinion. I Sorry. Just feel as, I feel as though that you just you get three weeks, you serve three weeks. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, they're saying, again. well, they think the system works with the loading or whatever, and they're not going to just throw it, throw it out completely, but they're going to bring it down a little bit. Our text number Oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. If you're as uh, passionate about us, uh, this as we are, uh, give us a uh, send us a message now. The Broncos have confirmed that Tom Dearden will be leaving. He signed a three year deal, not for a lot of money for a, a very you know for a potentially for a very good halfback, but not for a hell of a lot of money. But he's leaving to go to the Cowboys as of next year. Mm. Couple of things, Sats. Uh, Broncos have missed another one. I think uh, a, a player that they should have, they should be trying or should have hung on to, but they apparently a bit bit slack at getting back to him with a with a reasonable offer. So he's got about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. He's getting yep. from the Cowboys, mm. um, and also he's going to join Chad Townsend at the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not sure on the surface if I can see that combination working. Similar game managing halves. Yeah, you, you you probably need uh, some creativity when it comes to one half of the partnership. Chad Townsend, very mature, the ability to control a game and, and push his team around the field, very important member of the side when it comes to you know the processes that your coach wants to try and implement. And then you've got Tommy Dearden, who's only really young, is learning how to is learning how to play that exact same role. So. Tend to agree with your badge. I feel as though with the the young talent they got up there, like a, a Scott Drinkwater, who can be a little bit erratic, that that's not too bad when you've got a controlling halfback or five eight around you. Well, you think you got you find a spot for Scott Drinkwater? So young Dijan Arce up there, who's a very good, who's going to be a very good young five eighth as well or mm. half. So yeah, I tend to think um, they may have oversold themselves here in relation to two like for like players. Uh, the, Todd Payton would be having a. A big say in who oh, they're absolutely. buying, which yeah. is which is good, very important. Yep. He would know what sort of footy he wants to play and where these players fit. I would have thought they would have dropped off of Dearden once they got Townsend. You know, with the Brisbane Broncos, what's more concerning is the Brisbane Broncos are, are losing these these young players that have got tremendous ability, and I think Dearden's one of those ones that's going to come back to bite them, mm. like Reese Walsh making his debut. His very impressive debut for the Warriors yesterday. Uh, there's been a number of players that they've lost over the years. So in saying that, I feel as though that they're clearing the decks because something's coming. Okay. I, I think there might be a Sean Johnson or someone like that that they're going to put all their eggs into the one basket for. Mm. Mm. Well, watch this space. Now the Bulldogs, uh, as you said, off the top sets, had their first win and the relief was uh, palpable there after the game between the, uh, the coach and the players. Um, they say also there's no way, despite – Stuff that's coming out of uh, Pantherville. There's no way they're going to let Matt Burton stay with the Panthers next year. Mm. He's signed, sealed, and they say will be delivered to uh, Belmore for 2022. Well, Brian Fletcher, who's the head of the Panthers group, he come out and, and has publicly said that 
they're going to ask the question about if he wants to stay. Well, his development here is going to be better than going to the Bulldogs. Mm. And everyone's saying, hang on a sec, you can't have your cake and eat it also. But he's also saying, well, the, the Bulldogs asked him to break his contract and go over there now. So we're just asking the same con- we're asking the same question. Now, if I'm Matt Burton, he's getting more money. You'd be surprised how much money allegedly he is on at the Panthers at the moment. What? You mean a small amount? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Under I'll the average so. wage. So going to the Bulldogs, uh, this time next year, he's going to be looking at his bank balance first and foremost, and he's going to be saying to himself, well, this is a really good move. Mm. Secondly. But if, they, you lo- if you lose six in a row like they did until this weekend, you're going to go, gee, this is not such a great move. Yeah, but guess what? He's, he's starting. Mm. He's got a starting jersey. And at the moment, he's just a fill-in because even when they've got their full complement, Tyrone May is the, is the – But I think is, once uh, – is he going to miss out? The way he's going, are they going to be able to leave him out of the center? Well, Ivan Cleary in the past has made it evident that Tyrone May is the player that he likes over Burton when it comes to the interchange. Yeah, okay. So Fair enough. I, he does I, cover a lot, lot of positions. I Tyrone agree with May. you. Like, I mean, well, Burton can play lock. Back row, halfback, five eight, centre, fullback. Mm. So um, Burton would be my choice, but you know, they know the player better than yep. what we do. So uh, I can see why Brian Fletcher's playing the games because the Bulldogs did, did as well. But if I'm Matt Burton, for my continued development, I would be staying at the Panthers this year. I'd be welcoming my move to the Bulldogs next year, playing in a starting role, playing a leading role as well. He's going to be better for the experience. And this is that's why the salary cap works, and that's a, a good example of it. Um, before we go to the break, Sats, uh, Peter Volandis says rubbish claims that expansion could be pushed back to 2024. He says he's got no idea who started these rumours and it's, uh, it's a lot of bull. Uh, they've got an interim report coming uh, next month and they will make a decision after that uh, around the 17th team and Channel 9 and Fox Sports uh, can both see great value in another team mm. coming out of Brisbane. So no doubt about that, uh, Scotty, and just um, away from that, Aussies Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith have won the USPGA Tour Zurich Classic uh, in New Orleans. And Team Mullet takes it in New Orleans. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. The Australians win the Zurich Classic on the first playoff hole. How satisfying is it to get this team win done with a guy that's like a brother right alongside you? Yeah, it was a pretty... uh... It was a pretty cool week, wasn't it? We just played some really solid golf. Uh, it was really tough. That back nine was was brutal, but uh, we hung in there and we got it done. Mark, that hole out on 16, the entire place erupted. What was going through your mind when Cam put it in the water? And then maybe Cam too, what was going through your mind when Mark got it done? Well, I mean, he hit a really good shot. I mean, it sounds silly because it went in the water, but it was a it was the right club, it was the right shot. Uh, just drifted a little bit on the wind. and. Um, I wasn't walking up there thinking I wanted to, you know, give him a little jab in the ribs or anything. I was um, just concentrating on that next shot and was lucky enough to uh, be on an upslope. Made it. It was you know, a lot of fun doing that. How about that, Team Mullet? Have a good fun, wouldn't it? Playing in a PGA with your best mate. Mm. I think they were staying in the same B&B together. Oh, they rented a mansion. Having a few beers. Yeah, I was going to say B&B. Be, no, pretty B&B. good B&B. Say B&B. It sounds like they're a little bit more Aussies with day. mullets, they, they get so B&B. Good. Do those commentators not, is, is anything make you cringe more than when someone goes Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? No, oh, I love it. Oh, do you? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes with your mullet. What's brewing for Four Pines Brewing Co., the official beer of Sports Day with Badge and Sats? Hey, this bloke hasn't got a mullet. He'd, he'd love to have one, though, I reckon. Former uh, Bulldog star, Knights coach, premiership winner, 
Michael Hagan will join us after the break on Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Gary Belcher here with you. And our special guest, as we promised off the top of the show, a bloke who, uh, well, he knows more about footy than uh, than I do. Certainly, uh, yeah, he's got the he's got the nous. He's a former premiership winning coach and player, Michael Hagen. How are you, mate? Going well, Badge and Sats. How are you, boys? Very well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, general question first up: um, Are you enjoying the footy? Uh, particularly, I haven't spoken to you for a fair while, but you know that it's. I don't. It hasn't sped up, but it certainly has been more more um, continuous with the six again rule, etc. Are, are you enjoying it? Well, I mean, it's it's probably gone a bit too far in the favour of the attacking team badge, and I mean, you know, we're seeing the, the better teams like Melbourne, um, you know, really take advantage of the time and space. So, I just think we're making it a bit more difficult for the teams that are maybe not. Uh, got as much talent in their ranks, and you know we're seeing, you know, the better teams. Uh, Parramatta, another example that can really um, play exciting footy, but you know the, the teams are up against are, are just struggling to keep up. I think so. I, I think we've got the balance slightly wrong, and you know even the, the penalty for inside the ten is a ruck infringement rather than a set start. I think that's you know made it a bit quicker again, and again I don't think that's really what the game's all about. Mm, I think moving forward we'll see a, a change to a penalty if, the, if there's an infringement on tackle one or tackle two, but we'll we'll see if that comes in the, in the coming weeks or months. And on the new rule, Hags, when it comes to recruitment for clubs moving forward to try and adjust to the new rules, um, is that going to be far more of a priority about the, the, the style of player or the, the physical attributes of a player moving forward? Yeah, well, I guess you've got to weigh up uh, sets the, the leg speed and the movement of players now trying to defend against um, you know multiple sets of six so it's a, it's a real change in the dy- dynamic physically and I think that's where some teams that have maybe had the, the chance to rearrange their, their roster at short notice they're probably you know looking to go into the market and look for more mobile forwards and, and guys that can play a lot of minutes um, and, and guys have probably got a, you know ability to play a number of positions as well. So it's, it's certainly changed the dynamic of the game. And, um, you know, I guess the, the coaches that are you know, looking ahead all the time can, can take advantage of that. And the, and the coach that had the most influence on these rules changes, uh, rules changing boys is Wayne Bennett. And he just happens to have the best attacking unit at his disposal at South. So, you know, I think there's a, a little bit of uh, influence that has been used there as well. And, you know, South are, are travelling along pretty mm. nicely if you look at their talent and the type, type of footy they want to play. What position do you think in the new rules, the new six again rules, Hagues, is benefiting the most? Um, well, well, I mean, you know, the, the old story, mate, isn't the, the better teams with the better halves uh, seem to be better equipped to handle it, for one. And I guess the, the teams with that middle third sort of forward that's got some skill and can ball play and got some footwork, you know, they're the, they're the guys that are really 
valuable for their teams at the moment as well. Mm. And and uh, we were saying off the air that Sam Walker coming in at this stage, uh, you know, at the, in the, the game in this sort of shape. Well, he's got a, no a scar fella. tissue, has he? Well, he hasn't, yeah. but he's got good footwork and he's and he can play off the cuff. And and the other bloke at the, at the other end of the scale is Benji Marshall, mm. who loves to play off the cuff and you know what's in front of him and. He's benefiting, as we saw on the weekend as well, that comeback by the, the Bunnies over the Titans. Hey, uh, your, uh, your former club, Hags, the, uh, the Knights, uh, a bit up and down, um, pretty well beaten by Penrith, but they were in the, in the match for a fair while. Uh, how badly do they need Mitchell Pearce back to, to get things back on track? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're suffering a little bit because of that, and I guess, you know, Blake Green's only maybe three or so games back from an ACL uh, he and Kurt Mann, you know, I thought they did okay against Penrith for maybe 60 minutes or 65 minutes, and we had to call that game. But, again, Penrith have got that balance of grinding sort of field position, and then they've got this really exciting attack that they can sort of spring into shape when mm. they're in good ball. So, again, they're they're a pretty well-balanced team with the new rules in mind. And I mean, you know, Ivan Cleary is having a bit of a whinge about the Knights trying to slow down the first couple of teams of their set. But, again... I think that's that's part of what we've all come to expect. And uh, I personally don't want to see a game of touch footy. I, I think teams have got to earn the right to play footy. And, and I think Penrith are doing that uh, consistently better than anyone at the moment. Very difficult when you don't know. And, and we don't get a chance to stop and look at exactly why a six again was ruled. A lot of times we sort of don't have any idea why, unless you happen to pick it up through the referees, Mike. Uh, and then to also you know, analyse the teams that aren't getting six agains, uh, you know, when they probably should. Well, Let's be honest, uh, Penrith on the weekend got four, six agains in either half. So they dominated possession and they dominated field position and ultimately they won on the scoreboard. But the week before, Newcastle got seven, six agains against Cronulla and were good enough to generate a, a victory late in that game. So mm. the influence that the referees are having and the, the level of um, uh, sort of subjectivity around why they're given and... and you know, sometimes it's a half yard in front and other times we're seeing teams two and three metres in front and they choose not to intervene. So it's it's a real critical area for the game. They've got to be, you know, as we get into the origin and we get into the big end of season games, you'd hate to see teams getting disadvantaged because of referees not adjudicating correctly on when they should be given and when they shouldn't be. Hags, was it a, a risk for the Knights to retain Blake Green. He'd, he'd signed to go elsewhere and they end up retaining him even though that he had that knee injury. And he's 34 years of age with, with both he and Mitchell in the same halves position, the halfback 5'8", much the same style when it comes to organising the, the the team. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's a risk, but I guess it was a bit of insurance around um, the fact that they don't have a lot of guys that can play 7 and 6. They've probably got Kurt Mann that can play that sort of all-rounder, number 14-type role. They've got Connor Watson a bit the same. Uh, Phoenix Crossland's not quite there yet. So you can understand the, the rationale for Blake being there. Good organiser, good talker, uh, good influence on the younger players. But you're right. I mean, you know, again, if we talk about the halfbacks that are really dominating, they're the ones that are running at the line. Um, you know, Luai and, and Nathan Cleary, they're prepared to run the ball, you know, nearly on every set. So it's a it's a different style of half-back and 5-8 that you probably need to, to be really dominant at the, the way the game's changed. And, and you're right, I think, you know, Blake Green and uh, they need to have a bit more uh, impact with the footy and, and, you know, try and 
stand defenders still and, and bring guys onto the ball a bit better. And I'm sure that's what they're trying to do at the moment. Now, Hague's the pressure. The pressure of NRL coaching of uh, West Tigers coach Michael Maguire coming under a lot of pressure again after a, another embarrassing loss uh, yesterday to Manly. And you being a, a former first grade coach in the NRL, how do you... Has that hair grown back yet, yeah. Hague, from when <laughs> you were coaching? <laughs> It's still just as grey, bad. But I, I tell you what, I haven't I haven't lost my temper since I stopped coaching in 2008 on the, in the NRL stuff. I mean, I've been involved with Queensland and the Kangaroos for maybe 10 years, but I just I've kept my sense of humour and I haven't blown up. So I'm seeing poor Kevin Wilders at the moment. Like he's lost his sense of humour, boys. And we know how good a sense of humour Kevin's got. Yeah. Poor Michael Guy. It changes your whole makeup, and it's. Uh, it's not fun to go through, and I do feel for those NRL coaches whose teams are struggling. You know, poor old Trent Barrett, I mean, he was only in tears, wasn't he, when they had their first victory mm. in seven weeks. So, you know, all those good looks ahead, but they're going to disappear very smartly, I think. How, how do you control the noise from, like, internally as the head coach? How do you control the noise and, and so it doesn't affect the playing group and, and the management, whatever it may be? How do you control the fans? How did you do that as a head coach yeah. when you got so much pressure, pressure coming from the outside? Well, I, I sort of finished when maybe social media just sort of had just taken foot. So, and, you know, the criticism around the media and, you know, the fans, you know, that was always there. But I think it's, you know, about tenfold at the moment. If you look at the amount of uh, communication and channels that people are on and um, the instantaneous sort of news cycle that you've got to deal with. So, again, you've got to have really strong support, I guess, from a club point of view, and again, the better uh, well-organised clubs, including Melbourne, um, Souths, um, Paramount, like they, uh, Penrith, they, they seem to be handling the pressure and the expectation because they're, they've got good senior people around the team, and that's something that, you know, if you're an inexperienced coach, you sometimes don't always get that, and that, that puts the pressure on you, and the team picks up on that, unfortunately. Yeah, how difficult is, to, is it to convince your team, Hags, when, you know... They're just off the pace a bit, and you know they've got what it takes, but uh, they just can't find a way to win some weeks. How, how difficult is that role as a coach? Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to be, you know, honest, and you've got to be realistic about where you sit, Badge. And, and to be honest, I mean, um, you know, where Canterbury sit, I mean, that they've they've had a victory against Cronulla, who you know probably didn't play that well at the weekend, but you sort of wondered when that first victory was going to come. I guess, um, mm. you know, they've now got one win and. On the other side of the scale, you, you wonder when Penrith are going to lose. Again. They're sort of that confident and they're, they're playing with such um, consistency. So it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to you know, you've been around those teams when you when you're going well and it seems much easier. But when you when you're on the back foot, um, you seem to hit those hurdles a lot more, and uh, the negativity sort of has an impact on on the way you play and sometimes on the way you coach. Mm. Oh, it's a tough tough gig that coaching, Hags, as you found out. And <laughs> oh, I'll have to do. Isn't I think that what I think. We've got to remind Trent Barrett that Wayne Bennett used to look like him. <laughs> coaching can do to you. Yeah. Hey, who, who, can yeah, beat, who can beat the who can beat the Panthers, mate? There's uh, uh, genuine contenders. It only looks like there's a couple out there at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think the, the game that they had against Melbourne was a real good indicator of where Penrith is and you know where where Melbourne sit. I guess Harry Grant may not have may not have played around that time and you know it, it looks hard to sort of tip against you know, probably Melbourne or Penrith at, at this stage um, there's maybe Parramatta thereabouts um, you know I, I guess 
you know, the Roosters, are, even without Luke Cleary, they seem to, you know, they seem to have a pretty fair knack of developing the next best player. And, and you know, they've been pretty good in the last three or four weeks as well. Mm, all right. Well, we, before we let you go, I just want to—I've been trying to convince everyone around me that that Grade Three charge against Jordan Pereira was a bit over the top um, on James Tedesco. Did you have? Did you have a good look at that one? Have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, I did, and you know, I guess the, the conversation around uh, getting sent off. Oh, I mean, I think James was actually falling at the time. Yes, just tipped the ball on, and he was, sort of lost his balance. Um, so I don't think the intent was there to hit him high necessarily. You know, I think there was a fair amount of force in behind it, and in the end, um, you know, that's the, the game does have to look after its players, and the, the areas around concussion are are really uh, got to be taken notice of. And I mean, we all played in a, a way different era, and you know, we didn't get looked after anywhere near as much as players are getting looked after now in terms of um, you know health and well-being. So, not sure he, he needed to be sent off on that one, but. Um, you know, he's probably going to cop, what, three or four weeks for it, which yeah. is probably fair enough. Well, yeah. No one touched the golden child, Michael, Michael Hagan, when Cement Gillespie and those were around, did they? No. Huh? <laughs> no, that's, why you, that's why I defended alongside him. So. <laughs> yeah. No one would run. No one would run. <laughs> oh, but to Hague's, go to the other edge. Seriously, Hague's one of the classic low, low tacklers, though, Hague's. I love the way – it just doesn't happen much anymore. Frustrates the hell out of me, but you just don't see – very many good low tackles, but yeah, to be Hagen down below and Gillespie or chopping them over the top, someone well, coming over I the top. Spent, I just like being involved in those really good collisions, but I never had much to do with it. But I felt like you were. <laughs> <laughs> you were contributing in some way, uh, Michael Hagen. Thanks for letting us uh, pick your brain on Sports Day, mate. Much appreciated. No worries, boys. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. Oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. That's 0477-736-736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Now, Hot Topic time. Yeah, we spoke about it off the top of the show and uh, mentioned it to Michael Hagan as well. Should the coach take all the blame for a club's poor performances? And in this case, the West Tigers sats. He's, he's under the pump, Michael Maguire, isn't he, it seems? He is. And to answer your question, should they take the blame? Yeah, the coaches can take a blame. They can take a majority of the blame. Should the, all the blame be thrust upon the coach? No, absolutely not, because there are a lot of uh, factors that have to go into the performance of a side. And the coach does play a, a part of that. It's also your playing roster, your uh, your recruitment, uh, the, the training schedule around, around preparing teams, uh, the game plan itself, the experience of the coach. So there's a lot of areas, a lot of factors that goes into identifying a coach and, and coaching your club. And then the results that come after it. Now, I suppose the... I suppose the uh, the one question you ask have to ask about your coach first and foremost is, is he a proven performer? So the answer for Michael Maguire is yes. Can he coach elite players? Yes. Yep. Well, he's, he's proven that in 2014. He won a comp. But it's what he did at South Sydney, which says to me he's a really good coach. Not only did he coach the likes of your Burgesses and your Suttons and your Greg Inglises yep. and Adam Reynolds, and the list goes on. Um, not only did he coach those players and have great success with them, what he did do really well is he he played a really big role in South seniors and juniors coming back together 
as as an entity and and being able to look across the table from each other and talk once again. So there's a lot of areas that a, that a coach has to fulfil, and he does it very well, Michael Maguire. He realises that it's a it's a club effort, not just um, a team, and you know you need everyone pulling together in the same direction. I think he's the right man for the job. Not sure if West Tigers fans all do at the moment because. When you're not winning, the fans uh, want some action. 0477 736 736 is our text number if you want to chime in. But uh, Lee Hadjiman, tell us, uh, uh, the boss of the uh, Tigers has said there is not a bullseye on Madge. And I don't think there should no, be. No, absolutely not. There needs to be some questions asked mm. to he and his coaching staff about what do they identify as the problem at the moment. Where can we help you able to succeed? Now, he comes off contract at the end of 2023. And the worst thing that the club can do, the absolute worst thing the club can do is to go and do their own independent review and ask the players. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The minute they do that. This takes me to a text we've got here, Sats. High badge and Sats. A few weeks ago, Manly were the easy beats of the NRL. Tom Dravojevic comes back and their world beat is quite amazing. This is from Sporty Gav in Newcastle and we mentioned this as well. Uh, last week and again this week, and sometimes that's all it takes. That Who's their Tommy Trevojevic? That's right. Mm. Who is it? I'm not sure they've got it, but it just shows the difference between really good performances and, and average or poor performances can just be one or two players getting their act together and leading the side and making things happen. Maybe he hasn't quite got those players. Mm. Uh, maybe he has and they're just not finding, you know, finding their way and the, the rest of the team is pulling together. But that is really a great point there from Sporty Gavin. You know, he's renowned. He's renowned for his hard work ethic. And the South Sydney players embrace that work ethic. Yes, they had some some elite players, players who were top five in the world in their positions with Inglis and, and Sammy Burgess, one in the forward pack, one in the back line. Yeah, the Tigers don't have that. Why can't they identify those key recruiters? Like they had the money. Mm. They had the money to pay marquee players. Why can't they identify? Now, does it come back to the feedback that some players are getting when they're negotiating with the Tigers that they train hard? And if that's the case and they can't they can't attract players because of that, mm. that makes me sick. Yeah. Absolutely well, makes me sick. I'm not so sure if it is, but they, they did recruit a couple of outside backs that I think weren't very good buys for them. That might prove me... Wrong. Just on another tack before we get to the uh, to the break. Hey, men, if the judiciary can take into account the loading, as we spoke about before, so that they reduce the penalty to take it into account, then why bother with the loading? Absolutely. Seems redundant to me. That is uh, that is a very... That's Brad from Redhead. Brad from Redhead, yeah. Really good point, Brad. Um, and uh, they are talking about tweaking the judiciary system so we don't have these overloaded uh, penalties hey Brad, against players. you're showing too much common sense, Okay. <laughs> That's the problem about common sense, isn't it? <laughs> Not very common. Not around here anyway. Hey, we better get to a break. This is Sports Day for Kia, introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Back soon with our Kia Top 7. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Sports Day news headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand. 
Yeah, welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. And before we get into the Kia Top 7 from the weekend, some news headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand. And 350,000 people a day, hear that again, a day, are contracting COVID in India as a tsunami of the virus rocks the country. And the Oscars today, Chloe Zhao's Nomadland won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Anyone you weren't impressed by the Oscars, were you? I've seen it. You weren't, you weren't impressed by the uh, the event. No, I wasn't. But, but I suppose we're in a new landscape these days right. with COVID and America's not safe at the moment. So Nomadland, you've seen it. I have. Worthy got, winner? No. It's uh, it's got <laughs> a uh, very famous actor by the name of Frances McDormand in it. Yes. She's a really good actress. Yes, saw her um, in um, what those, that series. Uh, she's the detective, policewoman. Oh, it's the remake. Fargo. Fargo. She's in Fargo. Yeah, she's, Great actress. Now, if you go to IMDb, which is um, rates all your movies, it gets a 7.5 out of 10. A woman in her 60s who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Right. So there you go. <laughs> so, so she was better in Last Billboard yeah, she was, whatever. She was in yeah. North Country. A lot of good movies. Uh, news headlines for Polaris. Get range of confidence for the price of a quad. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Now on Sports Day, the Kia Top 7. For Kia, introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Your number seven in the Kia Top 7. Well, Val Holmes moved back to fullback and he's at home because there's a big comeback by the Cowboys from 24-6 down to a two-point victory. Yeah, good stuff. For the Cowboys, bad stuff by their opponents. Uh, number six, Sir David Fafita. First half hat-trick had the Titans humming. Now they go to the western side. Here he comes again. He's got a hat-trick. Fafita is in again. And he's got a hat-trick before halftime. Stop it. Chats, is that you? <laughs> that was me. It was freakish. <laughs> uh, individual effort in that first half. Uh, number five in the Kia top seven. Blast from the past. Benji Marshall, he turns back the clock for the Bunnies. Here's Benji, cut out ball, Johnson down the touchline, ball back inside to Benji. Wow. He started it, he finished it again. He's got a double Benji, Benji Marshall winding back the clock. It was um, a game of two halves. <laughs> <laughs> Number four in the Kia Top 7, Jerome Hughes, uh, the Melbourne Storm halfback, put on a masterclass. Cheese goes right, Hughes went again, short ball, Hines scores the try. Not once, not twice, three times Jerome Hughes has cut this Warriors right side to shreds. He was outstanding, did Jerome him, Hughes. Did, did he call him Cheese? He went from Brandon Smith yeah. Cheese. Did he yeah. call him Cheese yeah. in the commentary? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, number three, another brilliant display for his second week back from injury. Tommy Trebojevic, he has the Seagulls looking dead set like a top eight side. away for two tries in two minutes. Oh. Tom Drabovic, Marty oh. Cherry Evans, gets oh. Marty to bow. <laughs> Tola Kalatu straight into a hole with Tom Drabovic in the middle. He's gone. No one's going to get near Turbo Tom. Unbelievable, isn't he? And how he's turned them around. Number two, almost Got the number one, but you'll hear what that is. Number two in the Kia Top 7, Sam Walker's fourth game, just his fourth NRL game, 
it earned him the Anzac Day medal. Walker, Sammy Walker, Walker's on, Walker's over. Sammy Walker is over the try line. He pinned his ears back, the little halfback, and on the big stage, which is Anzac Day, has scored a try. Yeah. Big, big 34-10 win to the Roosters over the Dragons. Believe the hype and rounding out the care top seven. The Bulldogs, they finally get off the mark. Hard fought. 18-12 victory over the hapless Cronulla Sharks. I think the dogs have won it. The dogs have won it. The dogs have won their first game <laughs> of the season. And it's an absolute cracker. It's a brilliant, <laughs> gutsy display at Cogra. And Trent Barrett hugs his team. <laughs> Who was that in the? Was that someone laughing or crying or? Not so sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's our Kia Top Seven introducing the all-new Kia Carnival GUV with an SUV-inspired design and spacious seating for all eight passengers. Uh, texts still coming in. Hi, gents. With the understanding of the importance of recruitment and retention of NRL clubs, I'm confused as to why the Cowboys have signed two halfbacks in Chad Townsend. And Tom did, and I don't see the theory behind it. Shane from Coffs Harbour. I think they'll play Townsend at five eight. Mm. Mm. But they, but they both uh, play that similar game. I mean, yeah. I, I, unless they see Tommy Dearden more as a running. Dearden's more of a runner, and Townsend is more of a creator Manager, where in, in relation yeah. to his passing game. He's got a beautiful passing game, Trad Townsend. So, yeah, but much of a muchness when it comes to their uh, their playing styles. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to understand. Also, Shane, but. Do you know what? Toddy Payton knows why, and that's what's important. Yes, he does. And the last, before we get the break, just a little bit off topic. Tell you what, Paul Gallen is so lucky Les Davidson wasn't around Gal's age because I'd back him to knock Gal out. <laughs> Big Paul Sirenden made a major mistake when after a collision with Les, he threw a few punches and then the South Firebrand without realising who it was. Back in his younger days, Les used to rumble with Grant Barker, who went on, Barker, on to yeah. becoming the Commonwealth heavyweight kickboxing champion. Barker once fought a young... Vitaly Klitschko, Adrian from Dural. Well, no doubt about it. I'm a toured with Les Davidson and uh, in some of those club games, he can throw them. Better get to the break. Sports Day it is. Badge and Sats for Kia. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping Badge and Sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.